for several years, I've heard him do radio interviews. I've seen some of his work, read some of his articles. And I thought he'd be a great individual to have on for really about an hour and a half with us today. We'll have open phones coming up next hour. Maybe even some this hour for those that are patiently holding. Alan Watt is a longtime researcher into the cost of forces behind major changes in historical development. Born in Scotland, he watched the subtleties of politics and media as they guided the population of the U.K. covertly into the European amalgamation. That's right. Europeans didn't know it was an EU until it was too late. He has been warning about the North American uh, Union. He's been warning the North American people for some years now that the same process of amalgamation is being carried out. With historical documentation, he shows how cultures are being created and altered by those in control. And, uh, again, he's an amazing individual. He's got CDs and DVDs on the topic, and we have links over to his website on InfoWars.com right now. And I, first I want to get Alan to tell us about himself, and I want to get his take which I know will mirror mine because he's right online, or I guess my view would mirror his. I've heard him already speak on it in the last week, uh, on these fake terror alerts, on the attempt to push us into World War III, who the globalists are, how this operation uh, is being conducted, and ways to try to fight back against it. Mr. Watt, it's good to have you on with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just interesting because... Uh... Uh, the, the techniques of creating terror are nothing new in order to get populations to submit uh, and it's been done since the days of ancient Rome they were experts at it uh, always terrorizing the public and then setting their own troops on the public to terrify them even more under the guise of safety and it took all the rights from them over and over again so it's a science this is a science uh, generally or loosely called fascism and it's been done, all done through the centuries. And it's taught at very, at some of the elite schools. These are sciences taught to uh, diplomats and so on. Yeah. Well, it certainly is. Uh, give, us, give us your analysis on the latest string of arrests, uh, headlines like baby bombers. Then you read deeper, they admit that there was no plan to blow up a baby, but uh, the general public still parrots it, how they basically get us to identify with our sitcom heroes. I want to go through just some of the basics of the mind control we're under, who's behind it, and what their, what their master plan is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the, the, uh, the BBC did a documentary about three years ago on London, and uh, primarily on the Islamic population of immigrants there. And it was to do with the monitoring of the Internet. And they knew there was young guys naturally, who uh, young guys are easily led to get angry when they think their culture is under attack, which it certainly is. And uh, they were all chatting on the Internet about doing something or what could they do, and they hadn't even mentioned violence. And so the, the ones who were monitoring them, the, the security agencies, uh, supplied them with leaders that joined them in these chat rooms and eventually led them uh, right into the very, the very situation they'd never thought of, of getting into. Now let's be uh, clear: whether it's Miami or Toronto or London, it's a repeat over and over again. In some uh, cases, mentally retarded street children uh, being led by FBI, MI6, MI5, Mossad, and, and this always comes out in the papers, but it's in the back of the paper. It's in the back of the papers, and then it doesn't matter because the effect is already taken on the public. They've heard the propaganda. 
and, and the effect stays. The terror, the initial fear stays with This is psychology. So the initial fear stays with them, even though it's later exposed as being a hoax. Uh, it's all a science, as I say. But the same thing in Canada, where teenagers were chatting on the Internet, uh, the RCMP, basically, as far as I can see, supplied them with a leader. Uh, they then they gave this little group of guys, teenagers, high, or, or really it was, um, it was fertilizer to make a bomb. And then as soon as they delivered three tons of it to them, the RCMP arrested them and then shouted, terrorism, terrorism. And this is how it's done. It's provocateurs, and it's a standard technique they've used down through history. Well, it is. And then in some cases, they actually arrest their own agents. There's no group. And then a month later, it's in, you know, buried in some news wire that, oh, that bust in Pakistan, that was really a CIA officer, but they arrested him and had the news story as a cover to bring him back in, and there wasn't any alert to begin with. So, so there's also those cases. Then there's cases where they are actually able to provocateur people into carrying out tax. Then there's separate cases where the government itself carries out the attacks and literally goes and then arrests one or two true patsies. Yes, and even here in Canada on the CBC, which is the government station, like the BBC, uh, they did an expose on the, on the Oklahoma City bombing at one time. And uh, what, what they showed was uh, the, uh, the, 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 not the Oklahoma City one, but the first trade world uh, bombing, in fact. The first bombing that went on, the people had forgotten about it. But uh, it turned out that, uh, sure enough, the FBI had been training uh, some Arabs to, to make this bomb, a, a bunch of bombs, and one of the Arabs suspected he was being handled by the CIA and set up. So he taped his, his meetings with his handler, and when he went into court charged with making the bomb, he played the tape, and that's what got him off. Because he said right on the tape, he said... Uh, he said, you don't want us to make a real bomb, surely. And the guy, the FBI guy said, oh, yeah, we do. Well, it's now come out. It's, it, it's a big headline on PrisonPlanet.com, buried in the mainstream news. They admit that MI5 and 6 wanted to give them real bombs and let them go ahead and carry it out. But that the group could never get to that point because it was totally provocateur and wasn't wasn't real. I mean, I was listening to local talk radio yesterday, and people were calling in talking about hanging and killing lobbyists. Uh, and, of course, they didn't mean it, but if the government wanted to, they could trace that and arrest them and claim they'd foil another major terror attack. Definitely. Uh, and this, this is uh, an age where you've got to be careful how you phrase things. And even jests, you've got to be very careful because it can be used against you. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, what do you see happening in terms of attacks on Iran and Syria? It's now come out in the New Yorker magazine, Cy Hirsch, an impeccable source that uh, White House sources have reported that Dick Cheney basically gave Israel the go-ahead and the order to attack Lebanon and said, do it soon, and that it indeed is for the elections in an attempt to, quote, be a curtain raiser on the beginning of a full-scale war with Iran and Syria. There's no doubt uh, that was all done and published by the New American Century, the project for New American Century, by this coterie of uh, instigators, they published it before the 9-11-2001 attack. So they, they, they gave us the format of Afghanistan, then Iraq, uh, then Iran, then Syria, etc. They're standardizing the whole world into the one system. And anyone who holds out, be it a Bosnia or, or, or any country in the Middle East, uh, they must be brought under the same 
the, the programs have the exact same names in Canada, New Zealand, England as we have in the U.S. Uh, it, it, they're handing over the infrastructure to foreign companies, including the roads. Uh, and, and that means when these non-governmental bodies are created, they then give governmental power to them, folks, and there's no checks and balances. Due process is being erased. The police are being militarized against the people. Uh, I want to get more into terror and more into what we're facing right now, but, but let me ask you, Alan Watt, I don't know if you've heard of my prediction, but back before 9-11, I said they're probably going to attack the World Trade Center. They'll try to blame it on their asset, Bin Laden, uh, call the White House, tell them don't do it. I made, I've now made my second prediction uh, that we'll see a major terror attack in the next two months unless we all really get the word out and expose this, and even Fox News has now covered my prediction. Uh, I wanted to get your take on this. Do you think we're in a prime danger window for a major event? There's no doubt that these guys will go to any means, any length to, to get this through, and if it means terrorizing the public into it uh, with their very lives, through their lives, they will do so. There's nothing they will not do to get their way. They cannot go back now on their agenda. It's been so far in, in, in the planning, so long in the planning, and, and it's, I always say when the hang, when the axe man's axe is halfway down, they can't pull it back. They can't backtrack now. It's all or nothing for them. And whatever it takes is what they'll do. Yeah. Now, for listeners that just joined us, uh, we're going to get into some of the more esoteric roots of this, the history of it, briefly, who the New World Order is, are, what their plans are. And then I want to look at their the way they implement this, the published admissions of mass mind control through the culture, through the television, through role modeling, uh, because we are you know mammals, and, and, and they use the techniques that you know, mammals are based on, the, the kind of pack tribe mentality to control us, that is mind control, folks, not the classic you know, electrodes to your head and LSD. Really, the more sophisticated mind control is peer pressure. It is cultural. I, I, I want to get into that with Alan Watt, who's really an expert on that, and tell you about his website and some other issues. And then I want to get into solutions uh, with him as well. But before we go any further, Alan, why don't you tell folks about your website? Yes, uh, you can look at uh, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, uh, where I have lots of interviews there uh, for free you can download. And I also have some things for sale, some information, DVDs, CDs, some books, which uh, help explain and deprogramming, deprogram the, the reader or the listener as they're going through it. That's what I, I attempt to do, is to deprogram them from their conditioning and bring them into the true reality they're living in. Well, I call it imperial conditioning. And you notice countries that have been under a corrupt uh, system, an aristocracy for a while, have the same submissive traits. Look at the Brits and the Japanese, you know, the, the, the head-bowing, the submissive uh, you know, accent, uh, you know, the going along to get along. This really is imperial conditioning, isn't it? It is, again, based upon uh, tribal instincts, which are exaggerated and understood and uh, used against the populace. Their very instincts for tribalism are used against them. Yeah. Exactly. And then men have facsimiles of warfare, facsimiles of being men. You go watch a football game and are a spectator when even the event itself is in true warfare. It itself is a android, a facsimile. Later in this hour, I'll get into this report. Dominican Today, President Chavez, U.S. governed by genocidal mafia, 
that violates human rights. Alan Watts is really an expert on the New World Order, and I want to give him some time to run here and get into it. But, Alan, I want to get into the history, as I mentioned, and then what their master plan is. But first off, we have all the thousands of admissions of nerve-gassing troops, radiating babies, giving pregnant GIs, wives, uranium pills, all declassified, radiating 110,000 Jewish children, not in Nazi Germany, but in Israel with U.S. funding. Uh, the elite believe in survival of the fittest, social Darwinism. They really believe, uh, as you know well, I'd like you to elaborate on this, that the end justifies the means. It's really a sick psychological salve of we can kill whoever we want because we're the grand architects and we know best and got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Then you've got the naive population, whereas 50 years ago, Americans knew government was corrupt, couldn't be trusted, 60, 70 years ago. Now, a lot of people just say, no, government doesn't do bad. And, 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 and I mean, it's like they've driven the, the survival instinct out of us and the people, I see them like a bunch of blind guinea pigs, not even aware of the fact that they're curled up next to a huge boa constrictor. Alan Watt? Yeah, well, you see, they've been domesticated uh, scientifically. And you can find the proof of this in writings of, of men like Bertrand Russell, who was a British lord, and who, who was put up in the forefront to guide the elite themselves and to recruit many students to universities across the planet into helping uh, create this world order they're bringing into view. It's a world where, where the intellectual elite have the right to rule the lessers, as they say. And uh, he talked about methods of conditioning the general public. He was given his own schools to practice in, uh, in England. Uh, and he, tried, he, he practiced mixed schooling. He practiced uh, schooling with um, promoting pre-puberty sexual activity amongst the students to see what the outcome would be because the ultimate goal was to destroy the last vestige of the tribe which was marriage itself and uh, he, once they had done that and they found uh, their findings could be implemented through fiction through movies, through drama uh, and the public always emulates their drama then they could actually destroy the old to bring in the new now that's key, that's key, that's key. Yeah. On, these, on these TV shows, they'll have a hero who's cool and great and everybody admires, and then over the next few years, he will change. And so you can get a big, strapping, say, man to then see his hero become a homosexual, and suddenly he likes that. I mean, that's right. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're doing this scientifically, so let's, let's start at the beginning. Who is the New World Order? What are we facing? Let's go through how they've orchestrated this. I know you get into Huxley, one of the few people I know who actually talks about that speech. I've played it here from 62, where he talked about how he'd been in the laboratories with the wires hooked into people's brains, how they were going to do all this to us. I mean, folks, this is really the plan. Go over it for us. Well, you can go way back into the, uh, the English Revolution and the aftermath of the English Revolution and what came out of there. Uh, where they brought in what they called democracy, but it was only for a nobility class, not for the general public. And you find the writings of John Dee, um, who was a, a, a big worker in the scientific program. And what they did at that time in the court of Queen Elizabeth, which was the first openly Kabbalistic court, they adopted the Kabbalah into Christianity and called, called it a new mystical Christianity. And they coined the term the British Empire, the British Empire was an empire that was spread across the whole globe under the guise of free trade. And this is in the 1500s. And they said that they would set up a duplicate of themselves. 
themselves to govern the public within every country. Any country which would not join, uh, they would simply eradicate by warfare or um, they would put embargoes on them so they couldn't trade at all. And uh, they've been very successful working down through the centuries towards this goal. Well, you're right, and we're talking about economic warfare. They come in, they openly pay off your politician, they give him a billion bucks, say of 18 billion if it's Nigeria, they openly don't pay it back, the politician signs over the population, the forests, the factories, the roads, and then they literally get the whole country for credit they created on a computer balance sheet out of zeros and ones, and now they're doing it to the U.S. Yes, and every time, I've noticed too, even in the music industry, they bring forth certain heroes, once in a while well known to the, to the teenagers and they'll go to prime ministers and presidents and, and ask uh, for third world loans to be negated and everybody cheers thinking this is wonderful it will help the poor third world countries but what you fail to realize is every five years your governments loan this money out they borrow it first from the world bank they loan it out to those countries and when it's written off you the citizen of the country like Canada or the US you're on the you're still the, you're on the hook for, you're, you're the guarantor but it's worse you're right this is all official yeah. this is all admitted it's much worse and I'll tell people how it's worse when we get back the final little part of the equation that Alan, Alan Watt was just bringing up you pay for it then something else happens Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to go back to Alan Watt, our guest, and later we're going to open the phones up. I've listened to Mr. Watt. I've researched his work for several years, and he's he's basically found the same things I've discovered. Uh, he's more articulate in some respects. Uh, that's why we have him on with us today, because I get upset about this. I mean, to openly read elites publishing textbooks, writing autobiographies, I mean presidents, prime ministers, chancellors, calling us slaves, talking about how they use animal psychology, Comrade Lorenz type stuff on us, to see them, and then to see the public giggling and laughing at people like Alan Watt and myself who try to warn them. I'm like, hey, here they are calling you slaves. Hey, they're going to break up your families. They're going to do all these horrible things to us because they're threatened by the family. They're threatened by you owing allegiance to your family. They're threatened by your culture. I don't care if it's a Mexican culture or an American culture or a British culture or Scottish culture or Chinese culture. Globalism is about destroying that and replacing it with this new elite, aristocratic, technocrat culture with one-child policies if you're lucky, forced sterilization, bioethics, you know it as eugenics, I mean, these are cold-blooded people. They're on serious power trips. They talk about survival of the fittest, but normally they're inbred, they're mentally ill. A lot of these elitists end up in mental institutions. These really are spoiled, rotten scum. And But they have been focused, and they are intelligent, and they are, they are ravaging, ravaging our society. That's why it's important to go to InfoWars.com and get my new film, Terror Storm, because it exposes government-sponsored terror like no other film I've ever seen. Kurt Nemo, syndicated columnist and blogger, calls it the DVD of the resistance. In fact, let me grab the DVD. It's got it on the back. Dylan Avery says Terror Storm sets a new standard in documentary filmmaking. Alex Jones knocks it out of the park yet again. Dylan Avery of Loose Change, second edition, the director. Again, I'm not tooting my own horn. Uh, I, I spent a year making this film, traveled all over the world, traveled to England, traveled to other cities in the U.S. to make it. The history of government-sponsored terror, 9-11, 7-7 bombings, it's all documented. 
It's such an important film. Go to InfoWars.com. Get your copy. The official final version is here with the 66 minutes of extras. It's uh, 112 minutes long, the film itself, almost two hours, and then 66 minutes of extras from the 9-11 Neoconogenis Symposium. Four camera shoots, really well done. You need to have this film. Terror Storm is out. Again, InfoWars.com, or call toll-free to get it, one 888 That's 888-253-3139. And I have signed a distribution deal where this will be in almost every major store in the country, barring stuff like Walmart, and because they won't have anti-dual order stuff in there. Uh, but uh, by by late October, it'll be in uh, thousands of stores. So that's how good this film is. I didn't even shop it for a big national distributor. They came to me because it, it, it really is a good film. You need to get it now, ladies and gentlemen, at InfoWars.com or see it online right now at PrisonPlanet.tv for 15 cents a day. That allows us just to pay for the bandwidth. Going back to Alan Watt. Alan, I'm going to try to control myself here. You, you bring up so many points, and then I want to comment on it. But, but let's get into the history, who these players are, go through the science, go through how they published it, how they admit they're doing it, knowing that the dumbed-down public isn't breeding industry publications and scientific psychology reports commissioned by the Defense Department and the Ministry of Defense in England. Uh, let's run through it and then get into their master plan. Uh, but first, my question to you, you know, when I talk about the frustration, the anger uh, of seeing zombie-like fellow humans who've been turned into really facsimiles of free men, who've been turned basically, and I mean this figuratively, into these androids, who who are totally programmed to the point of uh, just being bestial creatures that just feed their lowest animal sinners, not knowing that there is a whole other world out there for them. I see the elite robbing the entire society of its intellect and thus robbing the group mind of its intellect. This is a crime that is just unspeakable. These guys are soul suckers. Will you uh, give me your take on that? Yeah, they are, because they've always looked upon the masses as a separate entity, uh, building material which they can manipulate and use and rebuild and destroy when, when need be. They've never looked upon the, the general population. And that's why they call them commoners. Commoners pick their own mates. They don't have them selected through genealogies and matched up for certain qualities. So they're called commoners, you see. And this has always been behind this elitist movement, even the ones who pretended they were the leftists in history and were, who were put out there to really steer uh, the masses into particular directions which would bring them further into this new world order. They were all working for the same elitists, in fact. Uh, we find that the beginnings of this social fascist movement um, back in the 18th century being written about by guys like St. Simon and uh, he laid the foundations which later became Marxism and the only difference is though he combined fascism with it and he said at the very top we must have those in control who are used to dealing with economy and so bankers will be the executive branch of this new world system so this is what Marxism and all the other isms were based on that came later it's a form of a science which they, they created back in the 18th century Let's uh, go into the 19th century, the 20th century, 
the Edward Bernays, uh, people like that. Let's go through the Tavistock Institute, how they interlock in to the real governments of England, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the Council on Foreign Relations. I mean, let's run through how they're using television, how they're using media, uh, who we're really dealing with, and then, and then maybe go through some of the tricks they use so people can recognize this when they're watching television. Yeah, well, the television uh, really was the, the, the great breakthrough, but radio before it uh, was immediately recognized to be a, a fantastic propaganda tool and the BBC International was the first to come out for that purpose, in fact, in World War I. And uh, they realized they could uh, hook in listeners every day uh, with drama, especially a serial-type drama, which would leave you at the end of the hour with a cliffhanger, so they would tune in the next day at the same time to hear what happened to their hero. And those stories in those days were geared uh, at soldiers, young men. Now, every young boy wants to be a hero. That's another tribal instinct which they use. And so the heroes were always young men who would end up going to war with Germany. Britain was losing so much, so many of its population in that war, they had to get recruits in fast. And so through the, the, the dramas on the BBC, they found they could uh, stimulate young men to join up and try to become these heroes. And they also created a movement where the females, if their, if their boyfriends would not join up, would wear openly in public a, a, a white uh, um, feather in their, in their hat, and that brought disgrace upon the boyfriend. So they used coercion to get the men into war. Exactly. Once we're living under the New World Order fully, literally, the heroes will all be big thugs with black ski masks and helmets. They'll show succulent, luscious women all over t television worshipping them, and then your girlfriends will leave you. They will report on you. They will fall to the knees and literally lick boots. That's the power of this. And, folks, it's all a facsimile. It's all a fraud. Who cares about friends on television? Who cares about stupid sitcom stars? Who cares about all that garbage? You're buying into a literal illusion. Go ahead. Uh, well, again, we can trace all of this back to, to ancient Greece where the philosophers wrote about the, 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 the structure and creation of cultures. And uh, Plato put it in his book, The Republic, which was to be a utopia for an elite uh, group in the future, uh, where a guardian class would basically rule the world. Uh, this guardian class exists today. They are the elites of the world, of every culture and nationality. It's a big, one big club. And that they would uh, employ the lesser class beneath them, certain ones, to form a giant bureaucratic class and a military class. And, he, and Plato even said, this is 2,300 years ago, Plato said towards the end they would bring in the females into the military as well. The females in the military would breed with the military men and they would produce military offspring that would be trained. So it was selective breeding for specific purposes, which was per uh, perfectly understood. 2,300 years ago. Understand, folks, the Greeks would literally just sit around 24 hours a day trying to come up with different plans and systems for society, and the Greeks at that point, of course, had hit their, their, their crest, and they were a military uh, camp, a military-style society, and, and all of this just got picked up, and it's being used today. So uh, understand that, well, well, we'll get into science fiction later and how it's been used as a control mechanism, but in, in, in that description in War of the Worlds, uh, where 
The author is talking about the Martians looking at us like amoebas in a petri dish, coldly calculating their designs. Uh, he wrote the, a nonfiction book, H.G. Uh, Wells, titled The New World Order, where he talked about us like that in political terms. So that's really kind of an inside joke. It's like when he wrote The Time Machine, uh, you've got the, the Morlocks who feed on the mindless what are they, Elohim? Uh, and, and again, this is the same analogy of what the elite's doing. And I would point out that this is not a guardian class. This is a cancerous, oppressive, inbred, psychopathic class. Would you, uh, would you like to, to comment on that? Yeah, well, that's true. And, and again, going back to Plato, which ties in with that very thing, uh, Plato described uh, the traveling theaters that came into Greece and traveled around the major cities. And it was law at that time that everybody had to attend at least once, including the slaves. And that is where Plato himself used these terms, he says, because that is where the people will emulate uh, uh, the, the, the drama they see portrayed on stage. They copy the actions. Um, they will act like the actress, the, the heroine, or the hero. And he said that's also intensified through the use of music and the fashion industry. That was where his words. So these are all part of culture creation. He said nothing is allowed to come up from the grassroots, because if it did, the elite would lose control. So anything that happens in culture is actually authorized from the top. That, that goes too for the flooding of Britain and the U.S. with drugs back in the 60s. That was authorized from the top. Oh, and then every time you look at it, it's the government introducing LSD. Introdu I mean, uh, the TV shows and the dramas make it look stylish to use drugs. You know, the cops come after you, but the really good-looking girls and the good-looking guys are, are on it, and it's really cutting edge to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, the, the Britain, who was right into India, uh, long before that, uh, studied the, the Brahmins intensely because the Brahmins had held India under this way for thousands of years with a perfect caste system incorporated into a religious system where even the guys at the bottom really believed they deserved to be there because that was their bad karma. It was a beautiful system. So, so this also was brought in. These techniques were brought into this new system. And we find in the writings of um, Carl Quigley, he said that, that this system coming in for the New World Order will be a new type of feudalism and a caste system, a perfect caste system. Well, that's uh, what they're doing right now, and so does it frustrate you to just be like at the shopping mall or walking down the street? I know you live out in the country, but to be around that and just to see the people, I mean, I look at photographs of, say, my forebears 100 years ago, 70 years ago, their eyes all looked in intensely intelligent and were sparkling, and I look at other photos of, uh, you know, folks a hundred years ago, and they look so intelligent. And I read newspapers from a hundred years ago. There are words in there, half of them I can't read, and I'm pretty smart. And, 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 and then I look at the eye. You're listening to the 16-bit GCN live stream. You can listen for 25 minutes without interruption. To continue listening, go to GCNlive.com and subscribe today. And every time you look at it, it's the government introducing LSD. Introdu I mean, uh, the TV shows and the dramas make it look stylish to use drugs. You know, the cops come after you, but the really good-looking girls and the good-looking guys are, are on it, and it's really cutting edge to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, the, the Britain, who was right into India uh, long before that, uh, studied the, the Brahmins intensely because the Brahmins had held India under this way for thousands of years with a perfect caste system incorporated into a 
really believe they deserve to be there because that was their bad karma. It was a beautiful system. So, so this also was brought in. These techniques were brought into this new system. And we find in the writings of um, Carol Quigley, he said that, that the system coming in for the new world order will be a new type of feudalism and a caste system, a perfect caste system. Well, that's uh, what they're doing right now. And so does it frustrate you to just be like at the shopping mall or walking down the street? I know you live out in the country, but to be around that and just to see the people. I mean, I look at photographs of, say, my forebears 100 years ago, 70 years ago. Their eyes all looked in intensely intelligent and were sparkling. And I look at other photos of uh, you know folks 100 years ago, and they look so intelligent. And I read newspapers from 100 years ago. There are words in there, half of them I can't read, and I'm pretty smart. And... and, and, and then I look at the eyes of people today. So many of them are dead, Alan. Yeah. yeah, the problem is, and I have no doubt about this, and it's horrific to really understand. And uh, the more you read about it, the more horrific it becomes. You've got to steal yourself to even go into these books. But you read books like Charles Galton Darwin's The Next Million Years. Now, that's quite a boast to begin with. To begin with. But he talks about methods of, of uh, sterilizing the populations dumbing them down through drugs and, and even hormone uh, alterations in their body. And, and I think they have been doing this. I think they've actually been pretty successful. Uh, they've dropped the standard IQ, which is innate when you're born, across the world since inoculations, and especially since 1950. They've been dropping the points in the IQ score, and now we have a new normal, which is about five points lower, the same test, than it was 30 years ago. Well, we so know that doesn't the... happen by itself. You're right. I mean, it's an innate programming in the brain, and they're, they're damaging the operating system. Well, cancer's up, everything's up, and then we can get their own documents where they're caught putting sterilization hormones in the tetanus shots, uh, and then still the public uh, goes out and rolls their sleeves up. Yeah, what's even more uh, frightening is you can go back to the League of Nations, which, like the Phoenix, transformed into the United Nations, and they have a Department of Population Control, and Arthur Kessler, or Kostler, who wrote The Ghost in the Machine, worked for them uh, in think tanks on ways to literally physically target specific parts of the brain, which would lobotomize those parts of the brain, which give you your self-preservation and instincts and individuality, uh, your survival mechanisms. He said the public will not need them anymore because the state will be making all their decisions for them. And I think that's what the inoculations have really been doing. And for those who don't know, you are innately designed to be warlike and aggressive because there's normally a tribe over the hill that's trying to dominate you or the elements or the wildlife. And so men have this hard-driving charge, and the elite are threatened by that in business because business is war. And they know that if you're not dumbed down and controlled and toxified, you're going to go out and wage economic war on them, and you're going to develop new elites that threaten them. So really, I describe the globalists like a lion going into the pride and trying to eat the baby male uh, cubs because he's threatened by them. Male grizzlies do that, too. And so uh, a lot of bird species do it. So what we have is the elite literally mass-culling just like uh, in Brave New World, which Huxley admitted was real plans they had. Of course, his brother ran UNESCO's system at the UN. And in, the, in 33, he wrote a book about genetic engineering and X-raying the eggs to dumb down the subclass. 
This is all really being done. The question is, when people are hearing this right now, will they be able to face the horror, uh, sir, uh, and, and, and go research this and find out we're telling them the truth? Yes, the, 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 the ones who can I always tell people if you're after the truth, make sure you really are because it's hard to handle and you have to be able to, to cope with it because it's a horror show. You wake out of the dream into a nightmare and, and that's what this is all about. Reality at the moment is a nightmare. It's a, a manipulated, scientifically controlled nightmare and they have been doing this with the public. They weren't talking about coming in the population, giving them crippling diseases, targeting specific areas of the brain. They've actually been doing it for quite some time. You're right. Earlier, never, yeah. earlier I said I'd give the answer to the IMF and the World Bank, how they loan the money out and then forgive the debts that we've backed up. And I said that's part of the equation. I didn't finish up with the final uh, equation. And I, I'll make myself remember when we get back, I will tell you how that works. With our amazing guest, will be with us in the third hour as well. I'm Alex Jones, your host. Alan Watts, our guest. Stay with us. Three thousand years ago, in Egypt and Babylon, they had very specific caste systems, elite bureaucracies that control the populations. Can you imagine what the elite has in place today? Well, they've written about it, they've bragged about it, they talk about it, uh, and their conditioning is so good that whereas a slave in a in a mud pit in ancient Israel or in ancient uh, Egypt would know that there was an oppressive government dominating them. Today, the general public still has been taught to giggle at a discussion of an elite even existing. While the elites publish books that are available at major bookstores calling us slaves. Because they know only other wannabe elitists... This is how it works. You know, they have the masters in England and Europe. They have duplicates here in the U.S. and smaller duplicates down to the county level. You will hear the same, we need to get rid of the population, and we know best, and we've always ordered society. You will hear that down at a Save Our Springs environmentalist meeting. You will hear that at, you know, at a UT, University of Texas board meeting. You will hear it as above, so below, in their whole Masonic nomenclature. And Alan Watt is our guest. We have links to his website on InfoWars.com. Uh, let's get into Aldous Huxley. You know, he was one of their futurists. But before we get into that, explain how by controlling the futurists, by crafting through science fiction and television and movies what the future will be, they are really able to guide and control the future by, by, by creating these foregone conclusions or these self-fulfilling uh, fantasies, basically. Yeah, it's predictive programming. And what it is is a repetition of certain themes uh, and which would change culture, certain ideas. Uh, as Bush Sr. said, the big idea, that's a Masonic term, first you bring an idea out of a possibility into the public's mind through fiction because the censor part of your brain is down when you think you're being entertained. That's why Bush Sr. says the New World Order, it's a big idea. That's right, a BB, to be or not to be, the Masonic uh, way. So uh, you, you find that, that they, they'll show you certain possibilities, science fiction, for instance, and the possibilities of where we could go with science and science fiction, wrap it up in intense stories which captivate us, and we're really being downloaded with the possible idea of something to come. And then it, it actually is presented eventually down the road, 
Lenin himself said there are a thousand ways that society could go, but the public must never be allowed to know that. In other words, they were being steered along a certain direction, and it's done through predictive programming and primarily drama. Well, here's an example. Let's take Star Trek, 1968. From the first episode, the symbol of the World Federation is the United Nations flag with a star field behind it. See, right there, we're going to have a global government. Yeah. And also the, the, the Federation in the later movies had basically the same uh, oak leaves around uh, in the shape of the United Nations and the grid on the wall of the United Nations. And there's 33 parts to that grid, by the way, for the 33 degrees of lower masonry. So, and Gene Rottenberry's name even is occultic because it's the gene of the red berry. You know, they, they always go back to Eve breaking the rules uh, and getting knowledge. Knowledge is the thing that they, they put, up, put on the altar above all else. The symbol, the symbol of Apple computers is an apple with a bite out of it. That's right, and a Macintosh is the best red apple you can get. So everything is tied in, and it's put right in front of your face, but you never really sit and think about it. Or if you do, you say, by what a coincidence. And there are no coincidences in this system. Well, Alan Watts, right stay there. there. Second hour starts in 70 seconds. I want to get into H.G. Wells, Aldous Huxley, and many others. And then talk about where these globalists are going, what life will be like under them. Big Brother. Mainstream media. Government cover-ups. You want answers? Well, so does he. He's Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. And now, live from Austin, Texas, Alex Jones. Alan Watt is our guest for the next hour. Got a little five-minute report I want to play later of Keith Oberman on NBC, MSNBC, just admitting how they staged these fake terror alerts at key times. And more on that has now come out. It's on PrisonPlanet.com and InfoWars.com, but we'll cover some of that with Alan before he leaves us as well. There's so much more we need to discuss here, and we'll have to have him back up again. The toll-free number to join us on air, we'll be opening the phones up, is 1-800-259-9231. We literally are in a matrix-like system. Why do you think the establishment, the Wachowski brothers, have released films like the Matrix trilogy and now V for Vendetta? Uh, A, have you seen those films? And B, uh, why do you think uh, they've released those? Are they part of the system? Have they been allowed to do this? Uh, or are they rebels in the system? Because I do know some people in Hollywood, not the Wachowski brothers, who really are rebels and who are trying to get away with what they can. Uh, I don't know about the Wachowski brothers, though. It, I, I know some big Hollywood people, and when they do make a film that is truly rebellious against this system, I know that the studios do the best they can to suppress it. Uh, what's, uh, what's your analysis on this, Alan? Uh, the, the Matrix movies were well done. Uh, showing you a duality, sure, um, where the human individual was fast asleep, in a sense, and he was really just a battery that was used by this upper uh, elite. Um, however, within the story, the hero himself is Neo, which means new, is, and Anderson, it means the new son of man, Andrew from the Greek. And so the new son of man, in a sense, is also, as uh, they expose this system, they're showing you the next part of the inner system. 
a new type of God, you see, that, that breaks through all the rules. And then he even has an argument with the great architect, which is what the yeah. Masons call Lucifer. Yes, and yet that is, behind high Freemasonry, that is the goal of high Freemasonry. It's when you overcome the architect, you have become a god. So the architect really symbolizes the Talmud, the laws of the world, you might say, of the physical world. The, the same thing was shown symbolically in 2001 and 2010, after C. Clark's movies. They showed you one of the spacemen overcoming the, the rogue, uh, computer, which was the, the lawgiver, the logic, this name was Hal, and Hal is just IBM, if you take the letter after each letter. Hal is the sun, it's IBM, IBM is the I-beam, and of course, he overcame it and he, he became a god. That's what it meant. So we're always getting this reference to the new man, the great leap forward, as they keep talking about the new type of Superman. That really is it. But instead, they create death and destruction everywhere they go. Then they claim, oh, that's the balance. We have to bring balance. Yeah, I watched a program of an interview at a party with some of the top Hollywood producers. And Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were there. And each one was asked if they really believed in evil. So they, because they put so many movies out to do with horror and the evil forces. And each one gave a Kabbalistic answer, because that is the religion. They said there's no such thing as good and evil. It's just a human perception on events because uh, what you term as good can come out of, of evil acts. And, and so we're Well, that's why Darth Vader, uh, you know, there's the legend that he's going to bring balance to the Force and defeat the dark side, but in really he comes and defeats the good guys and then in the end destroys the bad guys too. He brings balance. Yes, that's right. And that's, that's an ancient religion going all the way back to to at least ancient Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want everybody to know that part of their religion is killing humans in mass. So, and, and that's part of it, though. There's this, this uh, intense sacrifice. The few must perish for the sake of the many, is one of their sayings. And you heard that even in the Star Trek series from Mr. Spock, uh, who represented perfect rationality and reason. I uh, kept using that phrase. Stay there. we got to break again. I want to come back and get more into the mechanics of this via television. Stay with us. For those that just joined us, I guess I can retell the story. I, I kept forgetting to finish it about 30 minutes ago. I ran into a break when uh, Alan Watt and myself, our guest, we're talking about how the IMF and World Bank run their scam. They'll go into a third world country. They'll openly loan the dictator or the leaders billions of dollars. And then they will openly retire to Switzerland or Spain or New York with most of the money after signing over all the assets of the country in perpetuity to the IMF or World Bank, who took that money from the American taxpayer, which itself was created out of thin air inside the central bank's computers. So here's the New World Order out of a big idea, out of a hoax, uh, just getting everyone to accept, quote, their money that's really private, backed up by nothing, created by hocus-pocus. Then they go to the third world country, and you may have in one case, of an African nation I was reading about, a $4 billion loan. And by now, over the last 20 years, they've paid $36 billion 
but they owe another $20 billion. They can never, because the interest compounds and gets bigger and bigger. So they've already paid back many times the billions they borrowed. Their dictator ran off with the money 20 years ago. And then now we hear, oh, debt forgiven. So they've already paid back, you know, five, ten, in some cases 15 times what they borrowed. Be reasonable. And Bono goes and, you know, meets with, or Bono, whatever his stupid name is. We've written big articles about it. I like you too, folks. I'm being sarcastic. The point is, he's definitely being used as a puppet and may even be involved. And he goes, oh, debt forgiven. But what they're doing, the thing I didn't finish up telling you is, they're not giving debt forgiven to those countries. They're saying, go along with these conditionalities, hundreds of them. There's a, what, 112-point plan. Sign over all your water, your schooling, your regulations, everything you'll ever do. You've got to agree to this form of government and this system and these textbooks of how to operate. You've got to seize all the property and give it to us. I mean, it's feudalism. So, you know, we loan you 4 or $5 billion, you pay us 30 billion back, and then we do you a favor and take full control of your country. That's, that's the liberal forgiveness of debt instead of, hey, how about you pay billions back? This whole thing was set up to be a scam to begin with, and this money is just a currency you've created to get control of societies. The truth is the elite are holding back human development. The truth is the elite, the Luciferians claim, that's what they are. That's who they say they are. That, oh, they're pushing us towards this big grand design. Well, I've looked at it, and it's the complete opposite. They are threatened by dynamic, free human spirits. They are threatened by God's plan. They're setting up hell on earth. Going back to all, to Alan Watt. Uh, Alan, do you agree with what I just said, or do you want to add anything? Yeah, it's true. This is, uh, this is their plan. They hate the idea. Uh, they always have since, since the feudal system seemed to change. Uh, they've always hated the fact of that, that lower classes began to get private property. And that's why all of their movements, which were financed by the elite, including communism, uh, including uh, the Scottish right of Freemasonry, etc., etc., all said that they would abolish private property and that everyone would be born eventually with a duty to serve the state. That is their ideal system. It's a new feudalism. A feudalism. Absolutely, yeah. The amazing thing is, they say it in their own writings. Uh, why are they so arrogant to just brag about it out in the open? I think it's because they know that, that they have the, the general population so conditioned that they can actually hear these little bits, but it goes right through their mind. Uh, uh, Brzezinski said it perfectly. He said, we've trained the public so well that they've given over the rights of reasoning for themselves and have given it to the media. They believe the media is now there to do their thinking for them. Back so in the, the 70s, back in yeah. the 70s, David Rockefeller wrote a book and he said, the public schools are helpless people yielding themselves to our molding hands. Mm -hmm. And they'll come with perfect uh, docility. Yeah, he said they would deliver themselves to us with perfect docility. And that's exactly what we're seeing. The public have truly been trained to believe that we should worry about what the media tells us to worry about and disregard our own observation. Well, that's right. I mean, here's an example. Bayer knowingly kills 200,000-plus hemophiliacs and others in the U.S. for a decade, knowingly, on purpose, putting HIV and hepatitis in the blood. I tell people 10 years ago when we first learned of it, now it's finally on MSNBC and admitted, but no one's going to get in trouble. But the public isn't worried about... Just one drug company killing hundreds of thousands, they're worried about imaginary Muslim extremists. Yeah, that's how it works. That's right. We worry about what the media tells us is important. 
And uh, it's also done by the way that they pick these anchor people to read the dummy boards and train them. Uh, they use expressions when we're supposed to be anxious or, 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 or carefree or happy or sad. You watch the expressions change. And we've been conditioned, oh, I should worry about this part. Oh, I should forget that part. Uh, this is unimportant. That is important. That's how easy watch, we're conditioned. Watch Fox News anchors. Whenever they talk about George Bush, they smile confidently, and it's like they're discussing a fine steak they just had. But whenever they talk about Alex Jones, they get real angry-looking and cough and look, you know, look like they're basically giving birth to a 50-pound baby. Yeah, or, or they'll smile with that little smirk as though it's a, a joke or something like that. But that, that's exactly the... the, the, the uh, gee, language isn't just a spoken word. Most of the language is also visual as yeah, well. Yeah, 90% is body language. So, folks, when you just sit there and, and, and give yourself over to suspended disbelief when you're vegetating watching television, shouldn't you be insulted? Wouldn't you be insulted if your neighbor was trying to con you? If, if your coworker was trying to scam you like some used car salesman? Oh, but when the television does it, cold-heartedly trained, you just sit there and accept it. And again, going back to Bertrand Russell, he said they'd have to bring in the expertise of Madison Avenue, even the big advertising and marketing companies, to market ideas via media to the public and use all of the tricks of marketing. And, and that's what they have done. They've adopted all of those techniques of psychology. Yeah. Get into uh, Aldous Huxley for us. Huxley was an amazing guy. I mean, he, he was a... He was the grandson of uh, Thomas Huxley, Professor Thomas Huxley, who was the champion and best friend of Charles Darwin. Uh, they, were bo they both came from uh, lower aristocratic families. Um, and, and it's part of the whole thing. If you do well for the great work, as it's called, since at least the 1500s, and join the, the proper societies, um, you are supplied with a wife, which they, ca they call a dolly, a carrier of specific genes, of quality, as they say. And you find that um, Huxley uh, pushed at the Darwinistic theory, uh, and so did his, his uh, offspring as well, right up to Aldo Huxley. Uh, it's inter-family agendas. Each family has their part in this agenda. Um, you find the same with the Darwins. The Darwins only married into the Wedgwood family for generations. Uh, Charles Darwin's grandfather, Erasmus, um, who really wrote The Origin of Species long before uh, Charles did. Uh, he married a Wedgwood. Um, uh, his sons married Wedgwoods. When Charles Darwin's wife died, who was a Wedgwood, he married his mother's aunt, uh, his sister, sorry, his own aunt. So they all they married into specific families for, for the gene quality. So we're looking at a selective breeding here. Now the total getting... proof of this is we know the Egyptians 4,000 years ago were doing this uh, so they believed in breeding them. We know the Queen of England today, that's all she does is breed dogs and horses and everything else. They're into this, and uh, so that shows the theory of you know Darwinism really was nothing new to their worldview. And, folks, I'm not debating the theory. I'm just talking about its origins here. It's the same thing. We had the big state of Texas uh, doctor, the psychiatrist, testifying last year. It was in the Associated Press about why are over two-thirds of foster kids on all these dangerous psychotropics? And he said because they come from bad gene pools. He actually, in testimony, just, just said that all these kids have bad gene pools. So, see, that's also their excuse to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And also H.G. Wells and uh, Huxley and others 
uh, and Bertrand Russell talked about if only we could have our way and mandate that our, meaning the elite's uh, sperm, were implanted in the female populations and bypassed the, the regular guys down below, uh, they could breed a better type of society. They really believe in this stuff. Uh, and so they've been going at it big time for genetic alterations uh, into creating a new world, the, the world of Huxley, the brave new world, as they call it. Yeah, they're in incredible power trips. I mean, they think their seed is the best. And, mm-hmm. of course, then we get into population reduction. Dr. Peter Singer, Dr. Pianca, he gets up and says we need to kill 90% of people and 95% stand up with a standing ovation. Can you speak to that? Yeah, and it's also uh, been uh, it's an agenda 21 from the United Nations that by the year 2050 they want three quarters of the world's population reduced. So they they bring it out in the open if we care to read it, and I think it's, uh, we suspend our disbelief once again. We can't believe they really mean it, but they do. They do mean it. If you look at the United Nations statistics they give us every year, they, they tell us uh, around uh, April or so what the male sperm count is in the West. And they never comment on the result. They just give the statistic. And two years ago, uh, the, the Western male was down 75% of the sperm count of the male from 1950. And then in um, cities itself, it's up to 87%. Yeah. And that's a celebration for them. And then you tie it in again with uh, books by Huxley and others um, uh, talking about this very thing. And, and Charles Galton Darwin, the next million years, of doing this very thing, destroying their ability to reproduce by attacking uh, their hormonal production centers in the body through inoculations, and it all makes perfect sense. They've been, they've been doing it. And then they've been caught. This has been in major papers, and it's just kind of swept under the rug. Oh, we add a hormone to a tetanus shot to sterilize all the women. Take your daughters in. There's a new special shot for them. We're going to come back and go straight to your calls and then get into what this new world order will look like if they're able to get it into place. Have your questions and comments ready. Jim, John, Chris, John, Jason, and many others. Toll-free number to join us, 1-800-259-9231. I'm Alex Jones, and our guest is Mr. Watt. Don't worry. This show is documented. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. I fell into Well, it's really common sense. Elites throughout history have always been on power trips and think they're gods and have always thought of the commoners as scum to be used like so many cords of firewood. And the elite is waging war on free humanity. Our guest is Alan Watt. Uh, great to have him on with us. We're going to take some calls right now. And later we will get into what their master plan is, what life on Earth will be like if they're able to succeed. Jim in Texas, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, let Jim go. Let's go ahead and talk to John in California. John, you're on the air. Hey, Alex. Hello. Um, you know, I talked to you at the uh, Sheraton, and you said you'd give me 20 minutes to discuss something. I know you don't have that time now. But uh, I was wondering if we could discuss a possible solution to all this mess. And I know on the C-SPAN uh, segment... Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, sir, you, you followed me around the hotel constantly bringing up constitutional conventions or ways to have the states vote. 
on uh, throwing stuff out, and uh, and you were on C-SPAN and brought up your point there. So go ahead and bring it up again. I didn't bring up my point. I did, I did not get to clarify some of the facts that you, it's, you seem to be. Hey, look, thanks for the call, man. Look, listen, I couldn't eat a meal at that hotel. I couldn't do anything uh, without having that brought up to me, and that's just not what I'm talking about right now. Okay? Uh, let's talk to Craig in Kansas City. Craig, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, hey, you were talking about that movie V for Vendetta? Yes. There were some things in that that only I would get. But I was, the, like, the way he walked and the knives and the woman that he was in love with. Uh, I've been... These are weird calls today, I'll tell you right now. Exactly what are you getting at, sir? Uh, well, I got possessed by a draconian. No, right, thank you for the call. Uh, I just want to tell you something, Alan. I don't normally have calls like this on the show. It's pretty weird. Uh, John in Georgia. John, you're on the air. Alex, uh, excellent guest. Uh, I've called you before talking about the uh, uh, the state guard and the state guard organization here in uh, here in Georgia and Tennessee, and I'd like to remind everyone to look into that. But uh, just your guest, uh, excellent, excellent guy. And I'd just like to ask him about what's his opinion on uh, – on uh, on the mechanics of how exactly they do this. I'm looking at this from the angle of uh, kind of everything. Kind of goes back to the Garden of Eden, in a sense. It looks like they're trying to take away from us our sense of nobility and shame. And you know, it's kind of like the serpent offering us a dialectic, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And if we participate in that system, we can become deified uh, through that. And if you look at the uh, uh, in converse to that, the Eastern Orthodox Church offers. Uh, God through mystery, not God through rationalization. And uh, so, let me get into comment on that. Uh, go ahead, sir. Yeah, that, that's um, it's all allegory. Uh, these are very deep allegories, though, but they're allegories nonetheless. And, and sure enough, uh, we've always had that problem of of uh, how do we cope with knowledge? Who should have knowledge? Should we all have the same knowledge? And, and the elites long ago decided, no, we should not all have the same knowledge because then uh, you couldn't have an elite over the rest. Uh, Eden uh, represents the world in general, nature in general. And nature, to these boys who rule the world, is their enemy. They want to reconstruct all of nature, everything that exists, including the plants, animals, and insects. They want control. They want to be God. Yeah. They, they, they say in it themselves they want to perfect all that was left imperfect in high masonry. Which is totally, totally delusional. And again, most Masons aren't even bad people. They don't even know what goes on in the degrees of 33rd and above. They don't even know there are degrees above 33rd. Yeah, they're happy with the little uh, payoffs. They do get a lot of things the general public are out of. They get promotions. They get better jobs. They get to bypass petty bureaucracy at taxation time. They get, they get instant loans. So they get a lot of payoffs to help. Uh, keep this system going, and that's the key to it. They help to keep this system going with the police, the military, and all the rest of it. That's all part of the structure. Anything else, uh, John? Just, uh, y- y- uh, there's a lot of people on your side. And just uh, a cool news report I read the other day was uh, an, an elder in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Uh, there's a monastery of his, uh, your way in Houston, called Holy Archangels, came out against the FEMA camps and made a big announcement that... Uh, just, uh, I think he cited a lot of reference sources. He's a famous guy, and he's catching a lot of uh, a lot of crap from that uh, from a lot of people. But well, it's in the Houston Chronicle. They're building camps for us, so you know. I mean, you got to love it. It's bad to talk bad about the camps. The, yeah, and, the camps are good. Thanks for the call, caller. Uh, 
In fact, when we get back, I'm going to hold off on calls a few minutes so our guest, Alan Watt, can answer that question and can uh, get into basically where he thinks all of this is going and ways to stop it. And I think I know what his answer will be. But uh, we'll uh, find out on the other side of this quick break. And we'll continue with your calls. I, I want to thank John for actually having a question for the guest. That was a real rarity. Uh, let's go back to our guest, who I'm really honored to have with us. We have links to his fine website and materials and the work he's done uh, up on Infowars.com right now. Alan Watt, who resides 400 miles uh, across the border up in uh, Canada in the hinterland. I'm kind of envious of that beautiful country up there. Uh, Alan, the globalist. Uh, other key points you haven't had time to hit on and where they're going in the future, what the world would look like if these nutcases really had their way. They will bring in a, a world ultimately uh, similar to the one that Huxley wrote about in Brave New World, where you'll have certain castes of people purpose-made for their function, their work function, who will not have a, an independent, sentient mind of their own, who will also be titillated by drugs for different things. Uh, that'll be their happiness, and they'll be happy to serve the world state, their masters. They will not even have the ability to, to understand that they could possibly be unhappy. Uh, that will be gone. Uh, but that's the final step. The intermediate steps is to... Use, what they've been doing is using the homosexual and lesbian movements to destroy uh, anything called normalcy because we only complain about change when we compare it with what is. So when there's no more normalcy, it can bring forth the next part, which is a new type of human. Now, the American Psychiatric Association spent a couple of years in a symposium uh, discussing what they would do to bring a, a truly functional human into the world. And they decided after two years, this big national establishment, that they'd have to create a form of hermaphroditic person, a servant, you might say, who was neither quite male nor quite female. And they went on about cloning that type. Um, I can see the future where your reward for serving the world state will be having yourself cloned. That will be the ultimate prize. I can see that coming into view. And obviously they've got to reduce world population because you can only have the elite having access to these advanced super medical advancements of these technologies. And again, they've openly written about all this. Bill Joy went to elitist meetings in 1999. In 2000, he broke ranks. He's the owner of Sun Microsystems, boys and girls. Panicked wrote an article saying why the future doesn't need us and said, I've been at meetings where the elite plan to kill everyone or 90-plus percent of us, and he was against that. Uh, so there's a lot of them starting to panic who go to these meetings. And again, a major magazine can have the owner of a $20 million company worth about $5 billion himself openly saying, I've been to meetings where the elite say they're going to kill everybody, and, and you know, most people. We've got Mexican attorney generals making employees take chips. I've had uh, police chiefs on saying they'll make everybody take chips. We've got the new Freedom Initiative where all children are being psychologically tested, and their own documents say they want to put half the kids on drugs. Foster care puts an average of over two-thirds on drugs. Uh, they're, they're poisoning the water, putting drugs in the food. They're talking about putting... putting uh, 
vaccines engineered into potatoes and carrots now, so you can't escape it. We know they're spraying stuff in the skies. I mean, Alan, these people really are creating a hell. And you've got the average person driving around with UT football gear on, just giggling and smirking and drinking beer like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, I know. I know that they're totally conditioned, that they're domesticated. They've swallowed the reality as it's been presented to them since childbirth. They've never broken through into reality, and most of them won't. I've never, ever uh, thought that the, the masses of people would be cohesive and standing up against this. That never will happen. It's never happened in history, and that's why we've been led to the path we're on. Um, it's always, history's always been changed by the few individuals who can expose what's happening and give solutions to it. And, and the solutions themselves are often difficult because... Well, we're going to talk about that in a moment, Alan, but, but, but right now you just hit on something. That's really it. I, I've never been a jealous or envious person. Mm-hmm. And I know that in this system, the main thing they drive off of is jealousy and envy and then modeling. Yeah. Uh, uh, people idolize something because they're jealous of that image and they try to mimic that in an attempt to overtake it and become it, which is really what the New World Order does. They hate gods. So they're trying to become God. Uh, but you just hit on it. I actually have the reverse of that. I have extreme empathy. Not that I'm even that good of a person, folks. Really aggressive male mammals uh, uh, especially, you know, in canines or in or in Homo sapiens sapien, you normally have a lot of empathy in the tribe. That's because you would violently tear up those in your tribe uh, nucleus if you didn't have a strong ingrained, uh, uh, you know, empathy and protection mechanism, which you cor- uh, correctly talk about. Alan is manipulated through uh, tribal instincts scientifically. But I get angry, and I am in pain, and I am upset to see these people being robbed of consciousness being robbed of being free, being robbed of seeing reality, being robbed of uh, being able to control their own destiny and set their own course. You know, God wants us to have free will, but really the New World Order claims that they want to give us free will, but they're the ones trying to take it away, Alan. Yeah, and that's so beautiful the way they do it. Liberalism has always um, pushed this equality business to the extreme, but in reality they give you political correctness. And, and they're the most intolerant of all if you don't go along with it. They don't allow individual opinion on a particular topic when it's already been put in a, into a category of political correctness. So they're the most intolerant of all, uh, you'll, you'll notice. And I always think about all the generations who've gone before me and lived and died never knowing that their whole lives were manipulated towards a, a purpose, a, a goal they were never told about, for an agenda they were totally unaware of. Uh, so it's not just for the living we're fighting, it's for all those that have gone before. Well, now we see a new world order coming into view. What else will life be like under this control grid, and what are the steps they're going to use to lead us into that? It's quite simple, really. They always go for the children, the up-and-coming ones. Now, we can go back to Beria, who was the the chief police uh, of NKBD at the time, uh, the precursor of the KGB in, in the Soviet system. And in 1930, he gave a world meeting of the common turn. And he said, we can alter culture now in every five years. It used to take 70 years to get a, a generation to, to, to take, uh, accept a change in culture. He said, now with getting the children, we can alter them so that every five years they'll accept a major new change. Well, that's been implemented into kindergarten scientifically. So uh, the child going into kindergarten today it's been indoctrinated for the ch- 
changes they will experience 30, 40 years from now. And then the one going in next year is indoctrinated slightly further ahead than that, and so on and so on and so on. This is a planned scientific system. And now the children with their iPods and everything else um, uh, are going the, the road that they said they would take at the Loyola meeting of world science. They will promote the brain chip through movies as being a very positive thing to have. And the, the well, as rebellious, your parents don't want you to have the chip yeah. body modification. Even the Washington Post admits, Wash Tech admits, their technical publication that the that 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 corporations do want implantation. That they are using body modification as a quote radical, stylish thing to do. That's right. And we're all used to the iPods hooked in. We are yeah. we are we are one step away from being the wireheads. Yeah, for for convenience's sake, we will sell out our souls. And they will tell you that this will do away with the cell phone, the internet, everything. You'll have a, a chip in your in your brain connected to. Oh, they're your brain openly system. now all over television. Ten years ago, I'd read it in government documents. Now they're on TV, going, "If you don't take this, you won't be able to have a job or live. You'll be a bunch of idiots." And they're yeah. they're already saying there'll be a bunch of religious crazies that won't do this. But we'll need it to stop terrorists too. And in yeah. fact, I have Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes saying we all need chips to mm-hmm. prove we're good people. Yeah, a chip off the old block, as the Masons say. But that, that's what he's pushing at, really, too. This has always been their agenda. Uh, again, back to Huxley with his By the way, it's Masons brain. Nationwide with a program called CHIP Program, getting kids to biometrically scan into the system. Yeah, yeah, this is all part of it. So they'll tell the children that, uh, my goodness, you can get your stereo or quadraphonic effects in your head. You'll be in the movie. You, you'll, you'll imagine you're in the movie, and this is how they're going to sell this to the children. But once they all have it, the main switch is pulled, and the real function kicks in because there'll be no more you as an individual thinking, sentient being. And that was discussed at the Loyola Science Meeting, uh, funded by the U.S. Department of Commerce. Yeah. Arthur C. Clarke, in his final 2001 book, wrote that everybody has brain chips. Everybody's totally controlled, and this is this is his utopia. Yeah, their utopia is a hell on earth for the public. Yeah, that's right. No, you're and just not stylish. Uh, you're you're just not stylish. The latest pop star, Big Bopple Bibble Snap, or whatever his right. name will be, he's got the nine M seven Q chip, and the government doesn't want him to have it. He's acing him, man. He's got the chip. He's rad. We got to get one. Well, Don't I, you I tell me, you old square. I'm getting the new IM70 chip. You can't stop me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And in, in fact, at that meeting, they talked about giving it snob appeal. And and now there are marketing, uh, marketing companies. It's like seeing people sitting their thumb scanning to getting their brand new $100,000 Mercedes yeah. when I'm out in the parking lot of IHOP. Exactly. It's so, so stylish. They'll probably make us start wearing chains around our necks, and it'll be stylish. I mean, hell, they could show, you know, the new style could be chains, and half the public would start wearing chains. Yes, and then we can hook them on to the rails in the airports as we go along the line, like cattle to be searched, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's that, an extreme that, example, folks, but literally, literally, uh, if Madison Avenue had the nerve to do it, they could uh, say eating feces is cool, and, and 20% of the public would start gobbling their toilets. And, and by the way, Alan, I'm not joking when I say that. The public's so weak-minded right now, they could tell them sticking babies in garbage disposals is good, they'd start yeah. doing it. Well, they can, and that's, that's again, the, the diabolical cleverness of, of this system 
they know how to make the public do anything within their culture, do anything at all. And, and now, of course, the biggest fad out is, is the eating of, of fetal, fetal tissue uh, to, for trying to rejuvenate themselves. And, and rich women are going off to... Well, they have BBC out. articles where they act like the women are good, knowing it's coming from dead babies. Forget... Yeah, I know. And, I know. And, 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 oh, it's so... And she says, I don't care. I'm going to stay beautiful for many more years. And acts like she's good. Just yeah. she's good. Mm -hmm. And that, that, again, was put into the the, the futuristic movie uh, Brazil by Dirk Terry Gulliam. A fantastic movie of a, a world run by bureaucracies. Well, see, that's it. That's it. People don't realize once you get to a corruption jump point or flashpoint, then it all suddenly goes downhill very rapidly. Yes. Uh -huh. But when you have no normality to compare anything with, and that's why they like to keep us moving with crisis after crisis, you have no, no more normality left to compare anything with, then you can always bring forth the new, the new, the new, even though it's very bizarre, really, you'll think it's quite normal. You have nothing to compare it to. You'll think it's a natural progression. Well, we've got to have you back up for longer in the near future because I know you've got a lot more knowledge and you're right on target. Let's come back and take a few final calls with folks holding with our guest, Alan Watt. The elite are waging war on the people. They've convinced many of you to not realize this war is ongoing. Break your conditioning. Our guest is really an expert on these issues. You can visit his website by linking through at Infowars.com. We've got it up on the main page, and we'll have it up there for the next day. Let's try to jam a few calls in. Whenever we have a guest this good that's on, I want to take your calls, but there's just so little time. Sean in Arizona, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Alex. Uh, I want to make a couple of points. Uh, first, before the uh, new liquid alert uh, came out, I received in the mail my new Gallup poll, uh, which focused on, oh, is Bush going far enough in taking our liberties away for, for safety and stuff? And I found that rather odd. Yeah, notice how it was stacked up so you'd get it right when it came out so they'd be ready with just the right question. Oh, I mean, you can, I mean, we have the documents that are coordinating it, but you don't even need the documents. You can see the coordination all around you. Let me get a comment from our guest on that. There's no doubt all the media is. The media is the middleman. Media means the middle. They're the middle between the elite and, and the general population. They give us our thoughts, our realities, our conditioning, our upgrades to our conditioning constantly. And, and it's, it's been ongoing forever. It's, it's so simple. And you look at all these status-hungry people that will do anything for just some petty power. They're the most unhappy people you could know. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Anything else, Sean? Uh, yes. Uh, another um, issue is I think there are several points working in our favor. The elite have been trying to accelerate their schedule, first of all, because I think their global currencies are going to uh, start falling, going through the floor. And that kind of, like, limits the time in which they have to implement all this. And so... Yeah, isn't that really the good news, uh, Alan Watt, is that their program is having a lot of problems and people, there is a wide group of people that are waking up? It's true, but however, eventually they are going to do away with the cash system anyway and bring in the global cashless society. In fact, the ID card has a part on it. It's been admitted in Britain for this coming cashless global society. It's on the ID card, the same one as they're introducing in the United States. Oh, yeah, no, Canada. it's admitted to global ID. It's really a global ID card. It's all standardized globally. Uh, but, I mean, the good news is there is a growing resistance, Alan. There, there is, yeah, and if the public, it's organization they lack. They have no organization. 
uh, the elite know this, so they call them the rabble, uh, unorganized rabble. Right. Never Thank you for anywhere. the call, Sean. We're going to jump now to uh, another caller. Ron in New Jersey, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, hello, Alex, and hello, Alan. Um, Alex, I'm from, why, the reason I'm calling you guys mentioned the Matrix, and I'm currently involved with the person who really wrote the Matrix. Her name is Sophia Stewart. And what Chelsea yeah, I've heard that story about out of California. Yeah, well, I'm involved in that, and that's a true story. Uh, she's been in a seven-year battle against Fox Studios and Warner Brothers. Just so you guys know how the system works, the system is definitely stacked against us. Sure, sure, sir. I mean, I'm aware of this. It's been in the press. What's on your mind? Well, I, that was just one thing I wanted to bring out. Um, you know, um, I, did, I didn't know if you were aware of it or not. But I was, that was just bringing out an example of how the system is stacked against us mm -hmm. as far as things go when you talk about the media, when you talk about the courts. We're almost out of time, about... Rob. Okay. Well, what else is on your mind? I mean, did you have a question or anything for the gasker? No, I, well, I'd just like to thank Alan. He's a, he's a, um, he has awesome knowledge on things going down, and I'd just like to thank him for coming on your show. Thank you. And, and again, I'm frustrated, folks, because I want to get all the callers on, and I can't now. Sorry to everybody. Uh, maybe Friday or something, I won't have guests, and we'll just do three hours of calls, because your calls are all so great. Okay, well, Alan Watt, thank you so much for coming on uh, with us today, and folks can visit your website through InfoWars.com, and I hope to have you back up in the near future, my friend. It's been a pleasure, yeah. Take care. Uh, listen, you couldn't make this stuff up. It's too weird. And it's really going on, and it's not pretty. And these people are totally cold-blooded and do not have your best interest at heart. I suggest you wake up, you wake your friends and neighbors up, and we fight these people. God bless you all.